This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 82. In tonight's show, what is a modern learning environment? Three tips for creating exciting professional development. Why teachers should be mean to EdTech salespeople. And ways to fight your ed or your tech addiction. Christy, back again, three weeks in a row, I think, here. We're, we're starting a good habit. Welcome to the show. It's Drake. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk ed tech this week. Well, I'm excited for a lot of reasons. Number one, I'm excited at the moment not to be coughing, but I've been going through this again. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's going to be a rough one, but we'll get through it. First of all, we are legitimate. And when I say that, I had a meeting today. I took a meeting. Can I say that? I took a meeting Ooh. with, with <laughs> Upsmart, if you remember them from a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they let me demo their things. They let me demo, look at it from a teacher's point of view, a student's point of view for the software. They gave me access rights to it so I could demo it further. Um, it looks pretty cool. And in our next show, we'll get more into that review because what I'd like for us to start doing is from time to time, review some of these products and give our opinions so people can decide whether or not that's something they want to look into further. So it felt really legitimate, like, oh, hi, I'm Ricky from EdTech Weekly, and welcome, oh, tell me all about your thing. And they did like a PowerPoint presentation and were telling me all about it. What? A PowerPoint? No way. I mean, it was minimal slides and there wasn't a lot of text either, so I give them some thumbs up for that too. wow. Nice. That's a big deal. All right, cool. I look forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, I'm excited about looking more into it. It was very interesting and I'm excited to see if it's as cool as it seems to be. We also got an email... Um, from one of our listeners, and I'm just going to briefly read it because I'm going to call on the EdTech Weekly community here to reach out to us either at edtechweekly at gmail.com or post to our Facebook page with some help if they have any. And so here's his email. My district is in the research phase of figuring out what we're going to do about an LMS for K-12. through I'm wondering if you have suggestions or if there's a good way to reach out to the listener community. This is it. To see if anyone is up for chatting with me about their district's process and decision. Their district is about 2,500 kids across four elementary schools, one middle, and a high school. Um, And so, yeah, email us if you have any suggestions. I do not necessarily have that. Maybe Christy maybe has some feedback for you. But um, let's just help build a uh, helpful community of ed tech people, decision makers who know this stuff that can help other people out. So we look forward to hearing what you have to say about that. And I'm sure he does as well. Yeah, it'd be great to get some responses of what people are using, Um, especially being K-12, you know, if they're looking for one system, um, what will work for kindergartners and seniors would be um, interesting to hear about. So maybe that could be a future topic for us if we get some responses. Yeah, let's do that. Maybe we get somebody who's uh, got some good info on that we can have as a guest of the show. But first, Christy, we begin, as we always do, with the EdTech News Rundown. EdTech Magazine asks, what exactly is a modern learning environment? This is a valid question, especially considering uh, I heard a government representative say he wants to take things back to a one-room schoolhouse. Believe it or not, I just was in a uh, meeting where that occurred. Uh, They mentioned that modern classrooms embrace tech in all aspects of learning. The distinction here is that technology, like cell phones and other tech, aren't an afterthought, but rather an integral part of the classroom experience. The second and final part of this modern classroom is a flexible and efficient furniture arrangement. They mention easily customizable furniture, standing desks. One of my coworkers really wants those. 
and furniture that is outfitted with USB and other means of charging electronics. Now, overall, I don't think these are groundbreaking ideas, but I would say these things certainly can and probably should be a part of the modern classroom. Christy, is this modern classroom? Is that what we should be striving for? Well, first off, the terminology in the article I really like and that they did not say 21st century learning <laughs> and they used that term modern and it is 2018. So we are well into the 21st century. And so I like that idea of the modern classroom. So I may start using using that myself. Um, yeah, all these aspects there are definitely things to consider. And I think in the K-12 environment, we're going through this in our district and I'm actually about to buy new furniture um, for all of our schools, including all of these things, being flexible, being efficient, you know, that can drastically change the learning in the classroom. Um, I'm not so sure about the charging thing, though, and that's one thing that we um, we aren't doing. You know, I think technology is getting better and better as far as how long a charge lasts. And when you put charging stations in, then you've got wires, and I think you lose flexibility with that. So that's one thing that I'm not so sure about. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think charging is just a, a, an, you know, a, a part of the beast that we have to deal with. So there's going to have to be some plug-in things. But obviously, you want that tech to be able to be moving around a part of that movable classroom as well. But I think the bigger thing here, Christy, that we're missing out on is that EdTech Weekly is a modern EdTech podcast. Woohoo! We're modern. <laughs> well beyond the 21st century. Correct. All right, next up, our article. In this article from EdTech, Jenna Pasot summarizes tips from Steve Dembo's session at TCEA, where he offers three tips to create more exciting professional development. Now, this article was particularly interesting to me because as I was reading it, I was designing my next PD session. So, um, found it pretty interesting. First, interactivity creates a dynamic learning experience. He suggests using audience tools such as All Our Ideas, which follows a hot or not model, and dot storming a way for the audience to upvote their ideas as ways to generate ideas and get everyone weighing in. He also suggests Padlet, which is getting better and better. And he, this is pretty cool. He also likes laser pointers and buys them in bulk to pass out during sessions. Second, use Twitter for professional education. And we all know how much we can learn from being connected to other educators and participating in Twitter chats, but it can be intimidating and overwhelming if you've never done it before. He shares that Twitter beginners should check out Participate, which brings all of the chats into one location and filters them into, into that one spot. Lastly, number three, don't forget to make PD fun and embrace the idea of the EdCamp. At an EdCamp, there is no set agenda and the topics are chosen by the attendees. Some good tips here, Ricky. Any that you've used or that you want to check out? Well, first, I'd like to say uh, Twitter beginners should also follow at Christy M. Warren. That's important. And oh, then, thank you. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> I, I also, I, as a former high school teacher, I get sort of a little bit scared when you say passing out laser pointers. I'm wondering if, depending <laughs> on which, which group of teachers, I don't know that high school teachers could, hold, could do that. I don't know. There's too many social studies teachers in there that I think might try to have too much fun with those. But that is definitely an interesting thing. I used to love Padlet, and it wasn't quite there a few years ago when I tried to do that with faculty um, in the Pinellas County School District. But I'd like to see where it's at now because I think the interactivity, which allowed people to sort of plug in, get the, if I remember correctly, it lets you get the PowerPoint slides on your own device and interact in a meaningful, hopefully, way as well. So uh, Padlet's definitely kind of cool. I mean, 
I think more than making it fun, fun is important, clearly. But I think more than making it fun, I think the big thing with professional development is to make sure that they leave with a some sort of a deliverable taken home, that they've done something that they're going to be able to use. Uh, to me, that's the big, big thing with professional development. But by all means, if you can make it fun, make it fun. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's a cool article. That's interesting. Um, I definitely need to, it reminded me that I need to check out Padlet again. So that's something I'm going to have to look into again. Okay. Our next article, an EdSurge article that explains that teachers may be too nice to EdTech salespeople. The overall premise of this article is that sometimes it's nicer to say no. And they mentioned that teachers are always hoping for the best for their students. So, of course, they want to believe that any and all EdTech is going to help. And they also just aren't the type of cutthroat buyers that maybe, you know, are more in the business world. And therefore, they might string ed tech salespeople along a little bit, which could be bad for those salespeople as well. So it seems like this could be sort of a, a win-win situation to be mean. I don't know. That's what they're uh, playing at here. Um, the big takeaway from this for me is it's something that I think I've been saying for a while on the show. You know, don't entertain a sales pitch for something you don't already know that you need. Uh, we should only be searching for products that fill a very specific need for our students, schools, or districts. And we don't need to get suckered in, so to speak, to a cool-looking, sounding product that does neat things if it's not something that we really need. Christy, I'm sure at your level, you've probably been in some sales pitches before. Um, any of this sound like good advice? Uh, does it sound interesting to you? Or any examples of some interesting sales pitches you might have had, experiences? Uh, nothing comes to mind with interesting examples other than the vast number that I get on a daily basis. I would say half a dozen easily, whether it's a phone call or a generic email. You know, I try and update my spam settings and send it right to spam. That's where all that goes. And so really, if we're going to do a tech product, you know, we obviously have to have a need. It has to, you know, integrate with what we're already doing. Um, and oftentimes it comes up from a teacher who wants to implement it in their classroom. But the cold calls, yeah, just say no. Save everyone a bunch of time. Yeah, and it sounds like you need to be a little meaner with the emails too. I mean, you're just sending them to spam. You should also email them and say, hey, I sent you to spam, <laughs> just so you know. I click on that little thing in Google where it says unsubscribe, and yeah. supposedly Google takes care of it. I sent you to spam, and I want you to know. I think that's important. <laughs> no, I'm going to let Google do my dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right, our next article um, this one may not seem like a good fit for an ed tech show, but EdSurge brings us need to go on a tech diet, current ways to fight your device addiction. This past Sunday, the New York Times reported that former Facebook and Google employees are teaming up with Common Sense Media for a campaign to inform people about the dangers of technology. Some concerns mentioned in the article for young children are using tech as a tool when your child is emotionally upset and that it trains the brain to act as a stimulant rather than using tools to calm down. Also, devices can decrease a child's ability to stay engaged in the learning process after being conditioned for an immediate reward through technology. And a wait until eight movement is old, but no, it says eighth grade. Lastly, they give several examples to monitor and limit your child's internet usage at home, including Google's family link, ways to limit your Apple device and third-party apps like Circle and Dinner Time Plus. As a last resort, you can put it in a locked case by Yonder, where you have to have a special key to unlock it. Seems pretty extreme, and I'm not sure locking down devices is the way to go. But how do we teach our kids healthy habits and limits so it doesn't get to that point? Certainly, monitoring and setting ground rules should be a part of any tech device. 
But what do you think, Ricky? Is the wait until eight, and that is eighth grade, realistic or even what's best for kids? Yeah, see, as into technology as I am so far as a parent with a four-year-old, I've been very, very resistant to allowing him to be doing things like getting on my phone. I don't let him do that. I don't let him on. Now, at his uh, preschool, they have like a half hour or 15 minutes or something that they get to have with an iPad. Um, but that's that's it for me and for him for technology. And I'm inclined to say, yeah, eighth grade. Now, I don't think you should completely uh, – take it away from them. You don't want them to be completely unaware of how things work. But I do think there's a lot in this. I noticed just as a dad that when I would let my son even just watch TV or watch a, a, a video on Netflix or something like that, that behavior became a problem soon thereafter. And I I think they're at such a absorbing age. I think, you know, and I think of um, some of our former guests, I think of Ashley with her you know, um, STEM stuff and, and, and career and STEM.com and helping kids sort of, even if it's online, but make sure, even if, if you're going to let them on a device, make sure it's something that is going somewhere that's helping them learn something and not just free play that just completely basically shuts their brain off from what I can see anyway. For sure. You know, as a parent, you do have to monitor that. And even watching TV, you know, we would hopefully limit or you know steer our kids in the right direction you know just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean it's kid appropriate i think of family guy you know <laughs> wouldn't let my kids watch that um but i don't know when you get to be eighth grade you're 13 i can see the limiting social media but i also see parents using phones as a way to communicate with their kids when they're around town and need pickups and rides and drop-offs and those cell phones are super helpful um, to just communicate. So I do think it is limiting, especially in the young ages. Um, but at some point we do have to help our kids learn responsibility. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, wait until eight might be an extreme version. Um, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that's, a, it's long to be dealing with, but I think, like you said, you're trying to build up these habits. And so one of the ways that we can do that as parents is try to show good habits, which I'm not that good at doing. <laughs> I'll sit on the couch watching TV and have my phone out sometimes and he's, you know, playing with his, his Nana or something like that. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I shouldn't be that example either. So I think it's one thing to say you can't do it, but when they see you doing it all the time too. So I think it's a product of what we're the world that we're living in right now. And I think probably it might be more important for parents to be a little more introspective about how they use technology and then, help their help their kids sort of navigate that as well because we we really oh man we need that personal connection especially when they're young they need that so much what you don't want to do is slowly let them in and by the time they're in eighth grade all they do is are on a computer or on an ipad or on the phone and don't communicate at all with you so i think that's where my fear comes from and i think of course waiting as long as possible i think is a good idea um but like you said having a phone and being able to communicate is sometimes more important than all that other stuff too. Yeah, it's tricky and everything's about balance, right? You got to have limits, but figure out where it, what works for you and your family. Yeah. And nobody's perfect. And we all, we all raise our sure. kids in other ways. <laughs> and we've all had moments where we put a movie on and we're like, just don't talk for a while so I can rest. So I, I think, <laughs> The be the first thing is don't judge somebody for doing something else and just do what you think is best for your kid. And I think at the end of the day, if you teach them good habits and you're 
involved in their life, they're going to be fine. I think so too. And that ends our uh, EdTech Weekly How to Raise Your Children segment. <laughs> Honestly, the people from who... two experts, right? Sure. <laughs> right. The two, the, the the people who need the most to go on a tech diet, I, I think, are probably more adults than kids at this point. If we're being honest. All right, Christy. Well, we are done with another show. Remember, if you want to email the show, get with us, especially if you have any advice for that person looking for a K through 12 alternative for sort of a uh, uh, and you know a, a landing spot for all of the things that they're going to do. I'm, I'm guessing like attendance and grades and all that sort of stuff that they're sort of looking for that. Um, edtechweekly at gmail.com for that. Again, hit the subreddit edtechweekly.reddit.com. And um, follow us on Twitter at Four Tech Teachers, the number Four Tech Teachers. That's me and at Christy M. Warren. And if you can, hit up the website, edtechweeklyshow.com. And there's a link at the bottom there that'll allow you to go and review us on iTunes. And that helps us out, it helps more people find us, and uh, we can reach more people just like you. So, uh, Christy, that's it. And uh, I'm proud of us for being here for another straight week. And um, we'll see you. And we'll see everyone again next week. Say goodbye to the good people. Bye, Ricky. Bye, everyone.